Welcome to the Become Who You Are podcast, a production of the John Paul II Renewal Center. I'm Jack Riggert, your host, and yes, I'm so glad you're joining me. I hope you're doing well. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking about stolen innocence, the exploitation of our children in the public school system, and this goes really beyond the public school system into our culture. For those of you who um, read our newsletter, uh, check out our website, or have seen me in live presentations, you know that this is a topic I address a lot. I, I really look at this as the number one battle being fought today. So I want to do something uh, with you today. I want to invite you as my guest in today's episode, like you are coming into an audience of a live presentation. So what I'm going to speak to you, I'm going to speak to you in a way that you are the live audience. So don't take anything personal. And because what I do in those, I call those uh, community awareness events that I do all over. And, um, and I'm trying to wake people up, wake people up to what is going on. And so what I try to do before I get it, before I get granular in these presentations and show them ac- you know, some specifics that are happening into the schools, I kind of hover above the trees a little bit, and I try to get them a basic understanding of what's going on and where this is all coming from, so you can always put it into context. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. I, I'm trying to get people to motivate it, right, to, to get into the fight. You know, this is a fight for our children and the children of the world, and we have to say, you know, no, no more. No more stolen innocence. No more sexual exploitation of children all over the world. No more is our slogan, huh? Not on our watch. Not on our watch. So buckle up and get ready for today's episode. Welcome to Stolen Innocence, the exploitation of our children in the public school system. The number one battle being fought today is over the hearts minds and our the very bodies of our children my heart goes out to young people who are being pulverized by a twisted distorted and very toxic culture those young people have been repeatedly lied to about the very basics concerning the meaning of marriage the family authentic love the true meaning of sex and sexuality particularly disturbing is the sexual indoctrination exploitation and grooming of children taking place on a mass scale in the public school system. That's why we present Stolen Innocence. It's a community awareness event on what is really happening to our children in the public school system. While we're going to go through this presentation, I want you to be thinking about three questions. The first one is why. Ask yourself why. Why does an institution that's tasked with educating our nation's children instead focus on sexually grooming and exploiting the children in their care? The next, the follow-up questions, the next questions are two what questions, as in what is exactly going on and what can I do about it? By the end of this presentation, if you understand a basic idea behind the question of why and can better answer the two-part question of what, then we've made some progress in moving from being blind to the evils of our day and becoming awake and seeing the light and being determined to be a force for all that's true, good, and beautiful. The slogan, huh? No more. No more exploitation of our children. Not on our watch. Tom Hampson and I, uh, who presents with me, have been at this for a long time. And it's no secret that waking people up to the destructive forces surrounding us has been an exercise in frustration. 
as evil increasingly raises its ugly head in our culture. I'm stunned sometimes by the lack of awareness and apathy in so many of our fellow citizens. You know, there's a train wreck happening right in front of us, and we sit like that, that proverbial frog huh, in the pot. And the fact is that this water is boiling, and there's a toxic stew and a smell coming up. And somehow, I don't know, we've got our head buried in that boiling sludge. So where are you? Are you waiting and watching the train wreck? Well, I'll tell you what, you can only watch so long, and then the train wreck comes for you. It always does. History proves this out time and time again. Take a few minutes to reflect on the radical dysfunction going on in so many families. How many families have experienced divorce, children out of wedlock, pornography addictions, eating disorders, gender dysphoria, drug and alcohol abuse, domestic violence, abortion, anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide? Add to this increasing crime we see on our streets, the inflation caused by simple incompetence and corruption. And the attack even on our food supply, you see what they're happening, what they're trying to do with farmers around the world. Read about the Dutch farmers. According to Mayo Clinic and the Almstead Medical Research Center, over 70% of Americans are on some kind of prescription drugs. Antidepressants and opioids were the second and third most common drugs prescribed. And while all this is going on in the culture, the number of religious leaders openly proposing teachings contrary to the gospel in the church seems to be growing. And at the core of this battle between good and evil are the threats to our families. And at the very center of this fierce battle is the war over the hearts, minds, and very bodies of our children. Whether it's the destruction of a child in its mother's womb or the sexual perversions promoted by the Biden administration that are taught in schools and fed directly into our homes via Disney and Netflix and others, Modern culture has put a back has put targets on the backs of our children. And this may sound harsh, but we must all take a deep breath and recognize that this happened on our watch. Nature abhors a vacuum, and we're all responsible for the destruction we see around us. I know that I am. I, like so many of my fellow citizens, took for granted the freedoms and the gifts handed down to us as we were free citizens in the United States of America. We were free, but without a foundation in the truth and in a moral base. This was freedom as license then to do whatever we wanted. True freedom is the freedom to do what is right, to do what is true, what is good, and what's beautiful. In freedom as license, we're free to seek the good life, live off the legacy of the generations that went before us. But without a foundation, we indulged and built the city of man and became slaves to materialism, consumerism. See, we were free, right? But we were blinded, huh? By the slavery of addictions, lusts, of sex, money, power. We thought we were free. But we fell for the sin of what? Pride. Pride is all around us, huh? That one of the 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 first in fact the first deadly sin. Proud of what? proud of our weaknesses, proud of our sins. What a mockery of freedom, right? True freedom is the humility, huh? Humility to overcome addictions and lusts and selfishness, to get out of our self-imposed slavery, to get a moral compass and so become 
morally and culturally upright instead of morally and culturally poor like we are today. Today we live in a state of inner poverty. Why? Because we failed. We failed to pass down the most important part of our legacy to our children. We forgot. What's that legacy? That it takes simple hard work. It takes willingness to lay down your life and sacrifice for the common good, the common good of others over yourself. That's what makes life worth living. Taking responsibility then for the common good also bonded us together as a nation, one nation under God. This bond together under God was pivotal in this country's success. For as one of the foremost constitutional theorists of the founding generation, John Adams observed, our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. He wasn't the only founding father to hold this view. Indeed, James Madison wrote that our Constitution requires sufficient virtue among men for self-government. Otherwise, nothing less than the chains of depotism can restrain them from destroying and devouring one another. You know, the deep state then is like a cancer. It goes unchecked. It fills the vacuum when we threw out God, we threw out the Ten Commandments, we threw out our our moral base, our Judeo-Christian principles. And so in this vacuum came what? Ooh, you know, you you, you read about the, the power that will come in, and it's those that lust for money, for power, for sex even. They become these tyrants, you know? If you read 1 Samuel 8, which I won't have time to do, God tells his people what will happen if they want a king and they, don't, they no longer want God to be, to be in charge. huh? They want a king, just like all the other nations. And here we are with Joe Biden. huh? And up in Canada, they've got this, this just evil eyes of Justin Trudeau. This guy is just filled with demonic. It's amazing, right? Well, that vacuum then feeds off the host. Well, who's the host? All of those apathetic people sitting in like a frog in the boiling water, huh? And then all the rest of us too. Socialism, communism just eats and eats and eats at those willing to work. Those that used to to succeed because of merit and hard work are now we suck those gifts that those people brought into the culture and we feed on them until the country is weakened and then decays from within. You know, the result is always death. To restore freedom and democracy is to restore the dignity of the human person. This entails a moral and religious people steeped in virtue. The primary virtue, of course, is love. Let me ask you, what are the two primary institutions that are tasked all through history with passing down these morals and virtues to the next generation? What are they? Marriage and the family and the church. It's only when these two necessary societies in any successful civilization are able to and do carry out the responsibilities to do what? To instill into the next generation what is true, good, and beautiful. And that becomes the third necessary society. And then it will thrive. We call this polity or how we structure our civilization based here in the United States of America on our founding Judeo principles and our constitution. Think of the three necessary societies, marriage and the family and the church at the base, and then going out into polity, how we organize ourselves, how we build up the culture. Think of it as a triangle that looks like a pyramid, and at its base is going to be marriage and the family and the church. If you take that base out, 
and there's nothing to, to pass down to our kids anymore, who goes out into the culture? What kind of a culture do we have? We have a culture that has no morals, no values, no compass. That's what we're at today. So let's get to the why. Why does an institution that's tasked with educating our nation's children instead focus on sexually grooming and exploiting the children in their care? Well, based on what I just said about the three necessary societies, if there is an enemy, and there is, this is a battle between God and Satan at the end. And if there's an enemy, we call that enemy Satan. You can, you can call him the devil. You can say whatever you want. You could just call it evil if you want to for right now. But if there's an enemy that seeks to destroy and control humanity then, based on what I just said, where would he attack? He would attack the base. Marriage and the family. Christ and the church. The easiest way, the most effective way over time to accomplish this is to take advantage of that vacuum in children and then to sexually exploit and groom them. So to undermine what? Their moral and religious beliefs. If they ever had them to begin with and to replace virtues with what? With vice. This is the neo-Marxist spinoff that simply replaces the original Marxist economic model of oppressor-oppressed the proletariat versus the bourgeois, the economic model that never worked well. This oppressor-oppressed version, then, is now called what in modern, in modern times? Critical theory, as in critical race theory, critical gender theory. Always find an oppressor and oppressed to go to war together. Keep us, keep us twisted and distorted and fighting with one another, breaking up especially marriages and the families seeping into the church and attacking the church from within. You see, early in the 20th century, the communists who tried the economic model in the United States couldn't get a a foothold. The middle class was too strong. The workers had what we called the American dream. They dreamed of becoming the bourgeois someday. In addition, the institution of marriage and the family was too strong. And for the most part, we believed in God and the Judeo-Christian principles it was founded on. So what the communists could not do using the economic model, they found they could do by utilizing the sexual revolution of the 60s to undermine marriage and the family, and they succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. We are witnessing the acceleration of the destruction taking place today. Many of the organizations behind the national sex ed standards we're going to get to now and the lowering of our children's morality and virtues and drive, that drives a wedge in families that we're witnessing today have roots going back 40 years and more. Sikis, which is one of the uh, authors of the National Sex Ed Standards, and sex ed stands for Sex Education for Social Change, neo-Marxists, began in 1964. So they've been at this for a long time. So why does an institution that's tasked with educating our nation's children instead of focus on sexually grooming and exploiting the children in their care? It is because for many years the public school system and the largest teachers union have been run by Marxist ideologues who care little about the children in their care. Let me give you just a little sketch. In 1932, in a book called Toward Soviet America, William G., uh, Z. Foster, the national chairman of the American Communist Party, left little doubt of the party's goal for American education. He said among the elementary measures the American Soviet will adopt to further the culture, uh, cultural revolution are, let's set up a national department of education, 
The studies will be revolutionized, being cleansed of religious, patriotic, and other features of the bourgeois ideology. The students would be taught the basics of Marxism and materialism. Around the same time, John Dewey, perhaps the most influ uh, influential figure in modern American education, moved to Frankfurt School, founded by Marxists, to Columbia University. Dewey was a socialist and a staunch atheist and spent time in the Soviet Union. And upon his return to the States, he wrote a book of his admiration for and desire to replicate the way in which their system was used as a political tool. How they were able to respond so quickly and embed a, a collectivist mindset into children and how they began to dismantle the need for a family unit. He admired that. Our special concern, he said, here is with the role of the schools in building up forces and factors whose natural effect is to undermine the importance and uniqueness of family life. Dewey eventually became known as the father of progressive education. His lack of understanding, though, of the dignity of the human person, his disdain for religion, animated and informed his view of education. Welcome to our educational system, right? Dewey believed that more than an emphasis on reading, writing, and arithmetic, Education should be a tool for social engineering and the raising of the consciousness of children toward activism. He taught the philosophy of education at the Teachers College at Columbia, where he was able to have a vast and profound impact. By 1950, already a third of the principals and superintendents of large school districts across the country had been trained there and returned to their districts to spread these theories throughout the nation. By 1950, did you hear that? A third of the principals and superintendents. Can you imagine? That was 70 plus years ago. This sentiment was echoed by Chester M. Pierce, a PhD, I think, right? A notable professor. You know, PhD. <laughs> PhD in education, if you have one. You know, I, I know you're probably mentally damaged. God bless you. It depends when you got it, I guess. But if you got it at Columbia University, it would stand for a psychological head damage. So Chester M. Pierce, a notable professor of education and psychiatry. Now, he was at Harvard. He became a consultant for such children's shows as Sesame Street. Every child, he said, in America entered school at the age of five and is mentally ill because he comes to school with certain alliances to our founding fathers, toward our elected officials, toward his parents, toward a belief in a supernatural being, and toward the sovereignty of this nation as a separate entity. It's up to you as teachers to make all these little sick children well by creating the international child of the future. Now, the National Education Association, the NEA, the largest teachers union today in the nation, grew under this thumb of Marxism and communist organizers and its commitment to override the influence of parents over their children. Sikhists? their sex education for social change. So they embed this. All of this is embedded in sex education. All of this wokeness is put in. This is the answer to why. At its foundation, this is an old battle between those who believe in God and a nuclear family created in his image and those who do not. Satan doesn't have his own clay. He, along with the men and women who have rejected God, can only twist, distort, and, and to seek to destroy the Imago Dei, the image and likeness of God in the created world, and that, of course, is marriage and the family. And the, and the easiest targets, when we don't pass down uh, you know, our, our morals, our values, our, our prayers, our protection, are the most innocent and vulnerable among us. 
innocent young children and we're going to steal their innocence. And they know that if they steal their innocence early in their lives, they can change the whole trajectory of a, of a person's life. How ironic, huh? In our so-called modern age that we've fallen once again for that very old lie. You can be like God's. History teaches that in a sense each person stands before the timeless tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The question put to each individual human being of each generation is, do I use my intellect and reason to build my life and the world around me and eternal truth on God, or do I squander my freedom and choose to be like gods who know what is good and what is evil? It's from Genesis 3.5. While we get into that first why, now we know, and we get into that first what, what, we're, what what's actually going on, I want you to contemplate the second part of that what, as in what are you going to do about it? And we will return to that last part of that what question later. And so what I do with the general, uh, in my general presentations here, I go into a, um, a kind of a slide uh, show and show the, not only the proficiency standards of where we're at with our education system, but I show them the national sex ed standards, the books that are, they're bringing in to twist and distort uh, our hearts and our children's hearts. And then at the end, I do Q&A, and at the end, I ask them, what are you going to do about it? And we, we explore ways and ideas, and there's, there's many of them. But at the end of the day, it's to be filled with divine light and love. Bring this into your homes. Bring this into your families. Bring this into your neighborhoods. Bring this into your communities and go out and do that. And then make sure that our priests act like priests, our bishops act like bishops, our pastors act like pastors, and are bringing the gospel of life in. And over the next uh, few weeks or so, you know, keep, keep your eye open for the podcast, and I will come back to this talk more about education, uh, talk about more about uh, um, John Paul's teaching and, and many popes before him, but he just did such a wonderful job of bringing that down and telling us what that model looks like, what we can do, what we should do, right? So today, do that. those three things that I always say before you look at your phone, get down on your knees, open up your heart and say, let it be done to me according to your word, right? We start off our days like that. Then as temptations come, we use temptations as an invitation to go deeply into prayer. Make sure you're receiving the sacraments, you know, uh, confession and the Eucharist. Oh my God, so powerful. Saying the rosary every day, reading scripture every day. And then the third thing, go out and be that person of love. Be filled, right? You can't give what you don't have. And now go out and be the person of love that we were always called to be. God bless you. Thanks for being with me, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <music>